You're listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent in Birmingham, Alabama, a church with a heart for the gospel. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org. Jesus Christ, as you made yourself known to your disciples following your resurrection, make yourself known to us this day, we pray in your name. Amen. On Middle Street on Sullivan's Island in South Carolina, there stands a small stone chapel, the Church of the Holy Cross. It is, uh, in the words uh, of E.E. Cummings, a little church and no great cathedral. And above the doors of the Church of the Holy Cross are four words in Latin, via crucis, via lucius, the way of the cross, the way of light, via crucis, Via Lucius, the way of the cross, the way uh, of light. And that is clearly a statement of faith, a statement of belief. It would not be immediately evident or even remotely true were it not for the day of resurrection. One of the things that we hear at the beginning of John's gospel in his prologue are the words, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with him in the beginning. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Easter, in all of the resurrection accounts, in all of the Gospels, begins in darkness. The veracity of the Gospel shines through not only in uh, the numerous personal details uh, which are shared, but also the true way in which Jesus' followers display themselves. If you were to make up a story and you were to write yourselves into it, or I should say, when we make up stories and we write ourselves into it, we always look better um, in the story than we did in reality. But we see nothing of the case um, in the Gospels. They present themselves uh, in their truest light because of what had been made known to them um, in the person of Jesus. And one of the things that we see in the gospel account this morning, but all of the gospel accounts, is they were not titans of faith. What we see at the beginning of Easter Day is what is often so familiar um, to the human condition. They are in a disarray. They are doubtful. They are fearful. They are uncertain. Easter begins um, in the dark, but it does not stay there. We hear that Mary Magdalene makes her way while it was still dark um, to the tomb, and as she made her way, what she expected to find um, was a body, a dead body, that of Jesus. Her desire to um, pay the proper homage um, to him to prepare his body for burial. And as, of course, we hear that as she begins to make her way to the tomb, she sees that the stone has been rolled away. And the stone is not rolled away for Jesus. The stone is rolled away for Mary. The stone is rolled away for Jesus' followers. The stone is rolled away for you and for me that we might see that in Jesus all the promises of God are fulfilled. That which Paul um, wrote to the Corinthians, the last enemy to be defeated is death. That Jesus has, in fact, um, defeated death. 
The stone is rolled away that Mary Magdalene and the others uh, might see um, so that they might um, have hope again. Years ago, when we um, had moved to Alabama, not very long after we had moved to Alabama, while I was still acculturating, um, one of the um, universities in the state was looking for a new um, football coach. Uh, And of course, um, that qualifies as news. And I I won't say um, which school it was, because uh, as you well know, it could have been either one. Um, But this was major um, state news, national news. Uh, And a new coach was called, which of course is good news, um, and at least briefly. Uh, And so a new coach was called, and the the crews were there um, on campus, and they were interviewing different people. And I can remember not only the words, but I can see um, the expression on the woman's face who was being interviewed. And it was as if she was speaking uh, to, fall, to Paul Feinbaum himself, um, as she said into the camera with everything that she had, now we can hope again, um, were the words uh, which she said, now um, we can hope um, again. And those are words um, for Easter morning, the word which comes to Mary Magdalene and, and to Peter and to John and to all the followers of Jesus, the word that comes to you and to me as well, that now we are able Um, to hope again. William Temple has written uh, a wonderful, years ago, a wonderful commentary on John's Gospel. And one of the things that he writes in his commentary on John's Gospel as he talks about the way um, that the light of Jesus begins to come into the world, that the light of Jesus begins to come into our lives, and the way that John depicts it, he writes this, John does not present the resurrection as a mighty act by which the hosts of evil are routed but rather as the quiet rising of the sun, which has already vanquished the night. We hear in the account of the resurrection that now um, we can hope again, that the light has shone in the darkness and the darkness cannot overcome it. And as at the rising of the sun each day with its rising, uh, it reminds us once again that in the end, Fully and finally, darkness has been vanished. Darkness has been vanquished. And one of the things we see as well as we hear this account this morning is the lack of judgment and condemnation in the words of Jesus to his followers, uh, the ones who, of course, had denied him, the ones who had forsaken him. And we see in the nature and the character of God his continued pursuit of them um, through the resurrection, his continued pursuit of you and me as well. Rather than words uh, of judgment, rather than words of condemnation, rather than words of upbraiding, there are the words uh, of graciousness which go forth from Jesus. And not only that, but we see the way in which God desires for us to believe because we see that there's not one story of conversion. There is not one story of the people coming to see the truth. We see Jesus working in multiple ways uh, as they see. We hear that Peter and John race to the tomb, uh, and John is uncertain to go into the tomb. Peter goes in, and of course we hear that he, he goes away and continues to ponder that which he had seen. John, following Peter's entrance into the tomb, dips his head in himself, and he sees the burial clothes that are lying there and the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head 
uh, wrapped neatly, folded, and placed to the other side. And at the sight of that, um, he believes. It is clear to him that these were not grave robbers. It's clear to him that these were not people um, who had come to do Jesus great harm even in his death. But he sees the claws which are lying there. uh, And we hear him say that at that point, um, he believed. And Peter and John leave, but we see that Mary Magdalene is left at the tomb. And she's left there uh, alone. She's left there in great sorrow. Uh, The emotions which she feels are ones, uh, I have no doubt, that you and I can relate to as well. We have had those moments in our lives when it felt as if a great weight has been pressed upon us, a weight such that we'll never be able to lift it, to feel um, alone, to feel forsaken. Uh, And Mary um, is there, and and we hear that she is looking um, to the tomb. She is fixated on the tomb, to the place of death, to the place uh, of absence. And we hear that wonderfully, graciously, Jesus not only comes to defeat death, uh, but he also comes not only that we would have hope in the life to come, which we have, but also that we would have hope and assurance and restoration in life now. Mary is grieving. Mary loved Jesus, and Jesus loved Mary. And as she is there grieving at the tomb, Jesus comes and he begins to speak to her. And her grief is such, and her tears are such that she is unable at first to recognize him, thinking, that he is the gardener, and the harrowing words which he says, sir, if you've taken him away, tell me. Just tell me where you've placed him, and that I might go, and that I might gather him. Her grief and her sorrow, her sadness, does not enable her to see Jesus who is before her. She is turned toward the tomb, toward the hopelessness, toward death, And we see that wonderfully, graciously, Jesus begins um, to turn her, to turn her away from death to life, to turn her away from darkness um, to light. And he does so in one word by speaking her name, Mary. And at the sound of his voice, saying her name specifically to her, she realizes who he is she realizes that it is none other than Jesus, having walked through the cross, having walked through the grave, having risen again, and she quite naturally goes uh, to cling to him once again as she had done so before. And we hear the words of Jesus which sound curious, do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to my Father, is what Jesus says. What Jesus is doing, what will happen wonderfully, graciously on behalf of you and me, is that Jesus will ascend um, to the Father, that he will complete the task of the bearing of the sins of the world, of the the defeating of death, of the returning um, to the Father, of the pouring out of his Spirit for you and for me, that Jesus might be with each of us, that Jesus might be with all of us, not confined to a particular moment, not confined to a particular place, but that Jesus might be with us. Earlier in John's Gospel, Jesus tells his followers that he will be handed over, but to not let their hearts be troubled and not to be afraid, that he is going 
to prepare a place for us that where he is, we may also be. But he also promises beyond that that he will not leave us as orphans, but that he will send his spirit to be with us. Peace I leave with you, my own peace I give to you. But what we see as well is Jesus speaks the name of Mary. If you remember from the 10th chapter of John's gospel, Jesus describes his nature and character, and in describing his nature and his character, he describes nothing short of the nature and the character of God. And Jesus says, I am not a hired hand that runs away when trouble comes. I am a good shepherd, and I know my sheep, and I willingly lay down my life for my sheep. No one takes it from me, Jesus says. I willingly lay it down, and I take it up again. This authority I have received from my Father. He says, my sheep know my voice, and I will gather them. I lead them, and I call them by name. I've come that you might have life, and that you might have life in the fullest. We see Jesus' fulfillment of that which he promised um, to call us by name. At the calling of Mary's name, uh, she is changed. At the calling of her name by her Savior, uh, darkness is gone and light um, floods in. Hopelessness is gone and hope comes in. Death is gone and life comes in. What might this look like in yours and my life? I give one final illustration. There was a man named Thomas Bilney. Uh, Thomas Bilney lived in the 15th and 16th century. He was trained for ministry. But one of the things that Bilney experienced was this deep feeling of separation between himself uh, and God, uh, a deep sense of, uh, of hopelessness uh, and a longing to feel not hopelessness but hope, to live not in darkness uh, but in light, to experience that which Jesus promised, that we might have life and have it in its fullest. And what Bilney did as a man of his time would do is he went through all the various religious mechanizations to try to breach that gap to try to find some sense of, of hope and security in this life. And despite all of those efforts, he found himself feeling not better, um, but worse. And in his desperation, and this tells you a little bit about that time and now, in his desperation, he went and purchased uh, some contraband. And some contraband at that time was uh, Erasmus's translation of the New Testament in Greek. Um, so we could see a dramatically different moment in the 16th century um, than today. And he began to read through uh, the New Testament, began to read uh, the Gospels, and began to read the letters of Paul. And as he read through them, he came across the words of 1 Timothy, the letter which Paul wrote to Timothy. They are words which are actually included in our comfortable words. We will hear them as Ben will read them to us in a moment as we begin to make our way toward communion. And he read these words in 1 Timothy. This is a true saying and worthy of all to be received that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the chief. And Bilney said this, he said, immediately I felt marvelous comfort and quietness insomuch that my bruised bones leapt for joy. What we hear again this morning and, and what I pray that 
each of us will hear is the nature and the character of our God who has come forth into the world um, in Jesus, not distant, not indifferent, not unfamiliar with the challenges and the realities of the human condition, but the one who has come to defeat all the powers that would separate us from God and from one another, and who extends um, this gift um, to you and to me based not on our merits, but on his, who wonderfully, graciously um, seeks us, who willingly lays down his life and takes it up again. And I pray that you will hear that which Mary heard, and John, and Peter, and Thomas, um, and all the others, that that same desire for them is the desire that Jesus has for you and for me, that we would hear him call us um, by name, that the stones, the weights um, of our lives would be rolled away, that we might know that the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness cannot overcome it. And as we hear that this day, let us pray. Most gracious and ever-living God, we give you thanks and praise that you do indeed, in Jesus, your Son, walk through the powers of death and separation, that you are victorious over them, and that the light has broken forth into the world. Pray that for all gathered here this day, that you would specifically speak to us that you would call us by name. And I pray now that you would draw our reluctant hearts and give our doubting souls courage to believe. For Jesus' sake, amen. You've been listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent. If you live in Birmingham or find yourself visiting, we hope you'll join us at one of our Sunday services. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org.